there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit. Where I, your host, D. Carey, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So, at the start, just want to say thank you to you guys who have already filled out the listener survey. Greatly appreciate your input. Really curious about what all you guys are into that I haven't covered already and that you are like anxiously awaiting for me to get to. So I would love some input and I would love to get to know you guys so that I have a um, better feel of what direction to go with all of the ideas that I have. Ideas are my gift. It is absolutely a gift, a blessing of mine. I, I have ideas on ideas on ideas, but I tend to get lost in the um, execution. I get lost in the deciding which one to run with. And so it would be so much easier for me to um, choose which ideas to pour more energies and efforts into if I know they are in alignment with some of the things that you guys are interested in. So I would love for your participation. I would love for you to give me that feedback so that I can more easily make a decision as to which of the ideas I want to um, continue to pour more into and work on and make happen first. And also, I have a really, really, really special announcement, Um, but I am, of course, not going to just give it to you right now. I am going to save that for June. However, if you want to know what the special announcement is, sign up for the mailing list. Um, I don't send many emails. I am, however, going to um, definitely let you know that for those of you that are already on the mailing list and for those of you that join the mailing list, you will get an email letting you know what the announcement is. Um, If you don't sign up for the email, cool. Um, I'll talk about it in June. Otherwise, that's your cheat code. That is the easiest way for you to figure out what it is I've got cooking up next. So that being said... Welcome to this week's episode. It's about our road trip to Montreal. So took boyfriend to Montreal for his birthday. Uh, We live in New York City. So it was a relatively pleasant six hour trip. It, and by, I'm about to say it wasn't that bad a drive. I didn't drive at all. He did all the driving. God bless him. Um, So I guess it was an easy drive. He didn't seem too perturbed or, you know, upset about anything. other than the speeding ticket he got, but, um, just the one, just the one, um, worse things could happen. Right. So, and it wasn't even a bad speeding. Cause I'm always aware of when he is, when it feels like we're going too fast. Like I'm always one of those, um, eyeballs darting to the speedometer. What are we at? And he wasn't even doing anything crazy. It was, nothing egregious we were actually going the flow of everybody around us but there's always somebody that gets caught he got popped so there's that uh otherwise we had a six-hour drive and we arrived in gay neighborhood no gay village exactly what it says on the map so i ain't even making that up I know that we stayed in Gaberhood in Philly and so far 
two out of two, like, and I mean, like, two out of two successes. Like, the gay spots, like the gay neighborhoods, top tier. We were very walkable, and that's generally what my gauge is. I want to be able to stay in one central space so that I can get anywhere that my little heart desires with relative ease. I'm a very, um, I guess you could say walk agreeable. I don't want to drive. I don't want to pay for Ubers. I don't, this is, I don't want to take, uh, I'm about to say social transport, um, public transportation. I want to just walk where I'm going because for me, I enjoy exploring and ingesting the neighborhoods and the, you know, spaces, the places that I'm visiting by being able to walk through them. You can pay attention to what is going on around you when you're walking. You can slow down, you can speed up versus if you're driving, you kind of got to pay attention to the road and, you know, make it make sense. You got to go with the speed of everything that's going on around you. With an Uber, while you get to, you know, watch while you're being driven, you can't really slow down when you want. You can't take the route that you want. You see something interesting. You detour when you're walking. When you're in an Uber, you're at the mercy of your driver for the most part. Um, so I loved staying in Gay Village and we had a really perfect Airbnb for location. It was... Um, a tiny little studio, absolutely perfect for our needs. We didn't spend too much time in the actual Airbnb because so an entire city to see. So we were very walkable to everything. They Canada has federally, I guess you could say, um, permitted or allowed. Like if smoking is your jam, it's it's all it's a go. So, um, you can find dispensaries and all that jazz, um, but definitely check and look into local laws and ordinances, as well as the house rules for wherever you're staying, just to make sure that you are in compliance with whatever rules are, um, the standard for there. Uh, what else? There was also a really nice park nearby. I thought that I wrote down the name of the park, um, let me see. Um, let me pull that up for you. Where do I have? Now let me go to the listing because it was a really, really bomb park. And what I liked about the park was that it was one of those, no trips, Montreal. Let's go to the map. It was Park La Fontaine. There we go. We stayed near, and it's relatively huge. I don't know if you're, if you're watching on the YouTube, you can see the map that I'm holding up. It was a really big park. What I loved about it was that everybody was mad chill. No like real rah-rah rowdy shit going on. Everybody was really chill. I'd say that I was probably give or take near the median age. I feel like the youngest people there were likely maybe mid twenties, maybe. I mean, not everybody ages the same, just saying that. But I'd say give or take, like there weren't a lot of kids. And this was Thursday in fairness. Um, 
not too many kids, all adults, mad white folks, but everybody was so chill. And I'm talking like wine glasses at the park, khakis and playing. It wasn't cricket. It wasn't, um, any game that I'm familiar with. Um, it, but like it, everybody was so laid back. It wasn't loud. There wasn't loud music. You, it, you didn't smell like a lot of smoke and stuff going on. It was just a really agreeable, a really enjoy. And it was busy. It was a lot of people out there and by park, like, I mean, blankets, picnics, people just pulling up with towels to get some sun. Really, really nice to see everybody being able to come outside and enjoy outside space together. Um, that was really that as a New Yorker, it's like when you go to the park, you could have a great time at the park, but sometimes it feels as if there's always like one person or there's always a certain group or there's always something going on that kind of takes away from you being able to enjoy the entire experience. And in this case, I, I have nothing bad to say about the park. Absolutely gem of an experience. I wish that park experiences can be like that, like back home and across the world or even better. Let's not limit myself. Right. So, um, really, really love the park. And we actually, when we, did I say that when we pulled up? So we stayed in Gay Village and let me start with saying when we got there, shout a little quick tidbit about, uh, Montreal, it being in, I want to say it's called a province, but Montreal is in Quebec. And so Quebec has this really convenient rule that all their signage is going to be in French. I don't speak a lick of French. He don't speak a lick of French. Um, so we didn't know what the fuck was going on. And when we pulled up, the parking was quite, I don't know. I, w- I don't want to say difficult because it's street parking, like you park the car, right? But because I we can't read the signs, we didn't know whether or not where we were pulling up was going to be someplace where we could leave the car. And so thankfully though, there was a bunch of cops that were standing outside. And so I sent him to go talk to them and ask, them if we could park here and it turns out it's a good thing we asked because it was resident parking where um we were actually going to leave the car so we ended up moving it across the street that side was cool we saved any you know negative experiences and asking for help tends to work so um that worked out nicely we were able to find parking about like a block or two from where we were actually staying Um, actually I'd say it was about a block. It was about a solid like city block. So not a big deal at all. We ended up, um, oh yeah, no. So I was right in lines. I thought I skipped something on my little outline here. I didn't, um, signs and friends, resident parking and yeah, parking was cool. We ended up having to kind of like watch our time. I want to say we left at about 8.30, arrived in Montreal about 2.30, give or take. No smooth ride. So after we dropped all our shit, in, we, our shit off, took a little nap. It was cool. And we ended up going to have dinner. He had made reservations and we were headed to Le Veronga, French. Pan-African restaurant. So on the walk 
to La Virunga. That's when we went through Park La Fontaine. Oh, I did have it here. Damn, I fucked up my own. See, that's what happens when you spend more than one day doing your outline. I started and then I stopped and confused myself. Do it all in one sitting. That was a mental note. So apologies, y'all. We ended up walking through the Park Fontaine and right, chill vibe, Virunga. So let me tell y'all something. I am relatively difficult to please when it comes to food because my partner is an incredible cook and I eat very well on a regular basis. Like anything he makes is bomb. And that's not even me being biased. Good food is good food. If, you know, food was good, then it's just good. But he cooked his ass off. And I truly, truly dislike going someplace, paying for food, and then realizing or feeling as if, well, you could have made this. I We could have had this at home. Like, we could have had better at home. Or, you know, I could have at least had this at home. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't want to pay for something that... It's one thing to pay for like convenience, right? Part of going out to eat is the convenience of not having to do it yourself. But the other part of it is getting shit that should be better than what you can do for yourself. And a lot of times that is not the case. This time it absolutely was the case, but also like more than the case. First of all, the the vibe, check, check, and double check. Passes the vibe check. The spot is so cute it is really nicely decorated nice little touches i love seeing plants everywhere and they had plants very happy healthy plants throughout the restaurant that's another thing about um my experience in montreal i feel like every place we went stores restaurants all of it had plants i'm here for it it was a good fucking time so we get there we find this really cute table tucked away like in the windows that we can people watch and our server hey zoya i told you i would mention you and i cannot speak highly enough about zoya in particular because she's the only person that we interacted with that day um incredible incredible service like just made us feel so welcomed, so appreciated being there. And that's another thing about me. I'm a very easy sell. I'm easy to please when it comes to uh, customer service. Just make me feel like you want my money. Make me feel like you're happy that I'm there and I will absolutely keep spending. I cannot say how welcomed and appreciated I felt there enough. Not even on like some kiss my kiss my ass kind of thing either. It was on some like I take pride in what I'm doing. I know we're bomb here, but I also know that you can go anywhere else and I'm happy that you're here with me and I'm happy that I get to share something that I care about with you. It's like you could feel the love and appreciation for the offering in how we were treated while we were there and that is customer service that I will always stand behind and always support. So I cannot recommend La Varunga more. It's 
like my favorite restaurant, period now, like globally, all the places that we've been together, that I've been solo. This is hands down my favorite. Easy. Like I said, it's um, French, Pan-African. We actually went twice. And let's just say there are 15 items on the menu. We've had 13. Like we almost had the entire menu and we're only missing like one or like one dish that was tweaked, but basically still like the same base. We didn't miss much. We had most everything on the menu. And when I tell you it was baby, it was all good. I want to say I pulled it up. What was the chef's name? Damn, lost the page. Here it is. I want to say it's Chef Maria, but I want to get her name correct because, listen, shout out to everybody in that kitchen. You could taste the love. It was an absolute, absolute Chef Maria, yes. Chef Maria and her daughter Zoya. I didn't know they they were mother and daughter until I went to the website this evening. But Chef Maria, big ups, held it down. Thank you to you and everybody else you may have had in that kitchen. Tasted all the love. Everything was impeccable, like wildly good. And the drinks we had that night set the tone for all the rest of the drinks that we had, they were the absolute best drinks anywhere that we went. And honestly, all we did was eat and drink the entire trip. So 12 out of 10, highly recommend. Um, let's see. Next day. And that was pretty much all we did on Thursday. We started off with a bang after eating there. It was basically bar on the roof, right? Next day, Friday, we went to, okay, so Friday we knew we were going to do a hike. We were walking distance from, well, walking distance to Mount Royale. And we wanted to start with something light to eat. Like our plan was just to pick up sandwiches and then just have a picnic. But in my head, I didn't have a blanket and it was just like, all right, well, we'll find a rock or we'll figure it out, but we'll pick up sandwiches. I got hungry on the way there. So we stopped at a spot called Le Darling and we ended up doing little bites because they didn't have like a full menu. But while we were looking for places to stop, and I always let boyfriend do all of that because something about his search and my search, his search always results in top tier options. Like he's always going to find better choices than I ever choose. So we, I always divert, uh, defer to him. I let him make those decisions. Um, so we found the darling. Unfortunately, when we got there, they did not have a full menu. So in our, um, it worked out for us that it ended up being exactly what we popped up for. Like we ended up getting oysters and fries. All we wanted was little bites. We didn't want anything too heavy before the uh, the hike. So perfect. We ended up doing the oysters. We got some fries and had some beers. Everything was good. Service was nice. And it was, we ended up sitting outside. Perfect weather. We had perfect weather the entire trip. 
entire trip. Did not rain 85, 90 degrees every fucking day. Um, Sunday, it started to like drizzle a little, but not to the extent that it impeded on any of our plans. Didn't get in the way. It ended up pouring on the drive home. But in terms of walking around and being able to experience Montreal, not a problem at all. No rain, no interruptions, beautiful weather the whole fucking time. So quick little bites. And then we proceeded to go back on our route to start our hike. We ended up, um, since we only had like little bites and we had been doing a lot of walking from the night before. And this day, I got hungry again. Um, and we ended up, uh, picking up some sandwiches from Sandwich Capital. We took a little detour. We ended up getting like, um, a Cuban and like some coleslaw top sandwich. I don't know, but it was good. Lemonade was good. Service was nice. Um, and I'm upset because on the drive down, I swore I did not have a blanket but remember in last week's episode, when I told y'all about road trip, road trip readiness, I mentioned keeping a blanket in the trunk or in the car someplace so that, you know, if God forbid you need to, you know, wait in your car during the winter and you don't want it to run and you just need to keep warm, you should have a blanket. So I had a blanket in the trunk the whole freaking time. So I'm pissed that I didn't realize that I had the blanket until we were on the way back until we were packing the car up then. Um, cause he packed the car, um, for the drive down and I packed, well, I helped pack on the way back because he picked me up from work on the way down. So, um, all my stuff was packed from the night before, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up having a blanket, which sucked because I would have loved to just pull up, lay in the grass without, you know, messing up my clothes or, um, sitting in dirt or anything like that. So, oof, sad. However, also glad to know that I was actually more prepared than I thought I was. But anyway, we ended up picking up the sandwiches and we headed out to the larger park, which was, uh, Mount Royale. I did my best. Um, beautiful park with nice trails and hiking. There's, um, a very nice wide path where you can walk, bike ride, all of it. It was cute. I ended up having like a wardrobe malfunction, nothing spicy. It was really just my sock would not stay up on my foot and it kept run like just my sneaker kept eating it. And so like the back of my sneaker was just rubbing and I was starting to get a blister again, shout out to the most incredible boyfriend. We ended up switching right socks. And so I was able to keep the sock up and it stopped rubbing on my foot. So that sucked. But pro tip, um, pack more than one pair of shoes just in case it turns on you. Cause generally I wear my white chucks. I have no issues. I want to say it was the night before it was that Thursday that the back of that, my sneaker, my, my chucks just kept rubbing on my ankle. And that is what started the issue because otherwise I don't think I would have had any, uh, issue with the sneakers that I'd worn for the hike had it not been, uh, the blister not started from the day prior. But another thing, pack different types of socks. Like you may think that, oh yeah, I'll just wear these socks. Well, no, you want a pair of high socks. You want a pair of low socks just so that you are kind of covered should any kind of 
surprises happen along the way. So thanks to boyfriend for switching socks with me. Um, that day we ended up doing like eight and a half miles in the day. It wasn't unbearable. It wasn't, um, I didn't want to like chop my feet off or hang myself to dry. It was a lot for the day, but it was also manageable. I made sure to listen to my body and realize while we were doing the hike, when I was getting close to like, all right, we still have to get back. So we always knew that in the back of, you know, back of our minds, we had the option of taking an Uber to the next destination or back to the uh, Airbnb. But I wanted to push through. This was the most exercise I'd gotten in, excuse me, quite some time. So I was with the shits. So we didn't get like to the top top so that we can see that really nice view of the city because I didn't know how much further that was from the point that we decided to turn around. And I knew that we still had to get back and it was a pretty substantial walk um, more. So called it quits there, uh, enjoyed the park. We didn't get to the top top, but we were able to get to a kind of plateau kind of spot where we could see where we had a nice vantage point of the city and we could see uh, the rooftops of a lot of buildings. And it was a nice experience. Um, after the hike, we ended up going to, I want to say is do do CL again, I don't speak no French, but it's a microbrewery near the park. And we ended up getting these really incredible, I want to say vegetarian nachos and marinated olives. So fucking good. Like so, so good. Beers were good. Nice staff. We had a really nice time. It was a cute spot. And it was a nice way to kind of just like take a beat, cool down, you know, regroup and then go on with the day. So we started walking back and we really enjoyed walking through the different neighborhoods. Me personally, I felt very Brooklyn throughout Montreal, but like Park Slope, um, Borum Hill, Clinton Hill, um, what is that? Um, not downtown Brooklyn, but, um, by Montague street, um, Brooklyn Heights, um, certain areas of like Bed-Stuy, like I, was really digging it. That's the vibe it kind of gave me. It felt, it was a lot of like brownstones and um, just nice vibes. People were at this time of year, um, we saw a lot of people planting and putting in flowers in the little, you know, that little patch. Now, mind you, this is what was cool about Montreal was just like, you're, you kind of have like a city feel, but depending on where you are, you can see like the mountain in the background, like this beautiful, lush, green, huge hill in the midst of industry, right? Now it wasn't, we weren't in the very business, business center of it. We were still in very residential area. But again, if you're familiar with New York, it was giving me really Brooklyn kind of vibes, like that suburb area where it wasn't like, cold, concrete, hard buildings, Manhattan, um, Chicago, you know, like the typical city gritty feeling that you generally get if you're watching even like a movie that's depicting a city, but it was more of like outskirts of the city. Nice. You're like, you're accessible to everything and there's tons of stuff that's open, things to do. People have homes, yards, beautiful experience. So I was really digging that, especially considering depending on how close we got to Mount Royal, you could see 
the it was a nice little juxtaposition you have like the very serene nature mountain green in the back and you're in the middle of like traffic not traffic but like you know car traffic um you're on like a really busy street i want to say like st catherine is a busy street out there um oh no st catherine i want to say is closed at least the portion that we were on st catherine is closed to um car traffic it's all pedestrian traffic um and for the life of me i can't remember the name of the main street that he kept referring to but really nice area so it was nice to walk through there and so on the way back we ended up seeing somebody eating ice cream easily impressionable and so we just kind of along that route was looking for ice cream and we came across la dipperi dipperi I don't know. Um, and we not only got ice cream, but there was a restaurant immediately next door to the ice cream shop and there was live music. So the, and it was in Spanish. So I felt more like at home and I had, we had this by we, I mean, my partner and I, we had this conversation where I was explaining to him, like when I hear Spanish, I feel more at ease. It's like, I remember one time I was like in the bathroom someplace and I was listening to everybody outside, um, speaking in French. And it was just like, I'm definitely in another country. And it was very different from when I am someplace. And then I hear people speaking Spanish around me. I don't necessarily feel like I'm in another country. Like I get that I can be in another country, but I'm in New York. I hear Spanish all the time. And I also have a lot of you know, Spanish speaking friends. So it is very easy for me to feel more comforted in Spanish speaking spaces. I also understand some Spanish, not a lot, some Spanish. So I also feel more comfortable in the sense that some things I'll pick up on, whereas in French, I'm basically clueless. So, um, it was nice to hear someone singing in a familiar language. And so he was like the house musician. And then it seemed, I don't think it was a karaoke, but I, it seemed as if the guy that came up to sing with, because it was a guy playing guitar. He was the house singer. He had been singing on the way to the restaurant. We heard him as we were taking our orders, but then we came on the way out. We decided to sit, eat the ice cream and just listen to the guy sing. Well, some new nigga came up. Shout out to Jonathan, because when I say shorty could blow, shorty could blow. I was thoroughly impressed. Incredible, beautiful voice. Such a pleasure to listen to. And we had a really nice time just sitting and enjoying our ice cream. People watching. Good time. One of those impromptu spur of the moment. We saw ice cream. We wanted ice cream. And so we got ice cream. But we also got a show. So that was nice. After that. We ended up, um, you know, passing by what was, I don't want to say funny at the time, but so we're walking back and we're getting closer to where the Airbnb is and there's this white pickup and a guy jumps out and he starts placing like parking signs, like no parking signs. And they're like these little short three foot, got the little sign on like a metal stanchion and he's just pulling them out and I'm just like, is that legit? Like, is that official? I wonder if he's like, you know, just doing that to keep parking for himself or something. But then we started to see the pattern. It's just like, oh no, this just like, this is a thing. Like, damn, I feel sorry for those people. Like 
You par- and mind you, it was like 10, 11 o'clock. And in my mind, I'm like, oh shit, this is for like tomorrow. If you park your car up at like seven o'clock in the evening and you're not planning to touch your car the next day, or if you don't have to wake up early, some people is going to get fucked. I felt so bad. And then we're getting closer and we're getting closer. And I realized, oh shit, bitch, where is one of these near your car? And sure enough, there was. So they had basically closed off a long strip of the street that we were staying on and it was closed for construction or closed for some kind of work or we don't don't know don't care but there was a no parking sign right by my car and thankfully we were out late that night so we saw it and you needed to move your car by 7 a.m the next day so went back um, you know, just kind of relax, drop everything off. And we ended up getting up. Well, actually, no, ain't no drop shit off. We knew we weren't moving anything that night, set our alarms for early. And we ended up just getting up at like 6.30 the next day. And we moved the car. Thankfully, we found parking like immediately around the corner. No issues. The car was there. I'm so fortunate because I'm just, y'all, If you remember, my engine died on the last road trip that we took. I cannot imagine like the personal trauma I would have experienced had this car been towed while we were there and everything in French. So thank God for traveling mercies. It didn't happen. But um, yeah. If you're driving someplace, road trip, unless you have like private parking or reserved parking or parking that you know is like secure, if you parked on the street or even if you didn't park on the street, just check your car every day, check your car just to be sure. Learn from that experience that I had. (laughs) I'm just so glad that worked out. So um, next morning we woke up wild early so that we can move the car right around the corner it's about 6.30, 6.45. And like I said, we are on, we were about two, three blocks from St. Catherine, which was like a very main street closed off to street traffic, to driving traffic, strictly pedestrians. There are bars, there are stores, there are shops, there's everything along. But at 6.30, only thing I noticed that was open was um, Tim Hortons. And that's all I was interested in because baby girl wanted that coffee. But what was also open for shop was drugas, all the drugs. I don't know if it was like a very late crowd because it's so early. No, some people just the night away and like night turns into day. But when I tell you like all the street walkers were out, it was just, it kind of made me feel like that season of The Wire (laughs) where they decided to push all the drug usage into like that certain block radius and just like leave it there. They were all out very early. Contrary to what my New York experience generally is, it's like nobody was coming up to you asking for anything. Nobody was like holding doors and asking for money or anything. Nobody was in your face. Everybody was kind of doing their own thing amongst themselves. They were all interacting, exchanging, talking, and everybody was pretty like mellow 
You know what I mean? It was just, I did not expect that many people out and nor did I expect that many like basically obvious uh, drug selling and usage uh, just like out in the open. I guess because it was so fucking early, it didn't really. And then it could just be the tone of that area. Um, Yo no sé. I don't know. But again, nobody was combative. Nobody made me feel unsafe. I was with boyfriend, so I knew I was good. But I know he will also go for somebody's neck should it get kind of crazy. And so I am also the girlfriend in her mind like, all right, so let's be on the lookout for anything that he is going to have to respond to so that we can avoid all of that altogether. And there was no type of, you know, combative combativeness from anybody that was in the area or anything of the sort. So it was relatively docile as compared to, you know, the shit I experienced back home. So there's that. But mental note, if that's not something you're used to, or if that's something that would really, you know, be triggering for you or, um, an experience that, or even if you are a recovering addict yourself, and that's not something you want to be in the middle of, that is also something to be considerate of the areas that you're staying in. You might want to kind of check the pulse, Um, and as much as it may seem as a, and that's one of the difficult things about like leaving reviews for like Airbnbs or like places to stay and stuff like that is that while on the one hand, you don't want to scare people away. On the other hand, I respect people's, you know, struggle through sobriety and it's kind of like, Ooh, I wouldn't want someone to just decide to stay there and feel like, let me get up, start my day fresh, go get some coffee. And then this is what you walk into. You know what I mean? So there's that. Um, so after we moved the car, we got our coffee, went back, didn't sweat the day. We ended up waking up. Well, I guess re-waking up. We left for brunch. We went to La Percete, I want to say. Um, was this an old Montreal? Yes, this was actually um, our old Montreal day, Saturday. We went to old Montreal and we stopped at La Percette for brunch. Wild good. I ended up getting like the eggs Benedict. He got, um, oh God, this um, poutine. So poutine, poutine is very Canadian. Until this trip, the best poutine I'd actually had was in a brewery, kind of upstate New York. I'd had poutine in Alberta and wasn't impressed. This shit though, fucking nuts. It was insane. It was seafood poutine. So they had like crab meat and lobster on top of the poutine. Top tier. So fucking good. I enjoyed my, um, I got like a salmon eggs Benedict. So good. Drinks were, eh, I wasn't impressed. The drinks weren't that great. Um, we only had one drink, uh, for brunch, but wasn't that impressed, but the food, incredible. Service, bomb. And nice little vibe, nice ambience. I did enjoy our brunch spot. So we definitely recommend La Percette in Old Montreal. 
After brunch, I knew that I was going to add to my travel sleeve. So I wanted to get the tattoo out the way so that I, you know, because we were, we were contemplating going to the strip club while we were out there. But we were, again, boyfriend is really good at going over reviews and doing like a really great itinerary. And there were really mixed reviews in terms of, you know, always the bouncers it seems as if they absolutely made or it was a make or break thing there were mixed reviews a lot of people were like this would have been a five if it weren't for the bouncers being really pushy and insisting tips i would have had such an incredible time if the bouncers weren't complete assholes like and this was across the board at multiple different um establishments that we had um considered to visit and again I absolutely don't want to be in a situation where I have to play peacekeeper. Um, and nobody wants to be in a situation where they feel as if they're putting themselves in a space to be disrespected, right? So it's just one of those things where we're seeing the reviews, they're relatively recent, and we just kind of felt like, well, if we go and we get the same treatment or we get like the same feedback, we're gonna feel like we did it to ourselves. So we opted not to go. And and but with that in mind, I wanted to knock the tattoo out early in the day so that I could kind of, you know, have it start healing and hopefully have the second skin on it. Um, in addition, we were supposed to go see the Basilica that was out there, but there was a wedding that day. So the Basilica was closed and we were then going to go to a museum that they had in the area. But by the time we got there, that was also closed. So small little, you know, hiccup in the intended plan. We actually did get out to old Montreal a bit later than we had initially anticipated when we decided what we were going to do. But I personally love a loose itinerary. I don't like not having a plan. I like there to be some structure, but I also like to be able to kind of go with the flow. If I get someplace and I'm having a really good time in one spot and I don't want to be bothered leaving, packing up, or if I'm really enjoying it and I don't want to, you know, go anywhere else, well, I'm going to stay where I'm at. So um, we ended up leaving from brunch to get the tattoo. I decided on, I had looked into one spot, but they weren't able to, um, take the walk-in for that day, it, I would have had to come back the next day and that was just too many moving parts. So I ended up settling on, I think it's Oli Anger Tattoo. I got inked by Julian. And I mean, I had to explain my design to about five different artists before and I had to, you know, I so I wanna say Julian was like the third or the fourth person I explained it to. And then he was just like, all right, well, I'm kind of done like in an hour. Can you come tomorrow? And I respect everybody's time schedule. Like you could have something to do or not have anything to do. You're at work. I'm not. If you're ready to go, my guy, I get it. Like my shift ends when it ends, right? But we explained to other people and there was one artist that sounded like he was going to do it for me. But then I mentioned that I wanted color. And he was just like, well, I don't really work in color. And so then the artist Julian came back. And initially, I wasn't really fucking with Julian. I didn't really like his tone. I didn't really like his delivery. He was giving me real asshole. But me, 
being the gracious, uh, impatient person that I'm seeing myself develop into. And I'm also just, I've been a few places now and I realize that sometimes people come off a little abrasive or they come off a little gruff initially and talk to them enough and y'all are best friends. Julie and I are not best friends. However, I got past all of the initial gruffness and it's just a lot of times also stuff sounds hostile because it's in someone else's accent. If it's in an accent that you're not necessarily used to listening to, um, it can be a little like disarming at first. Um, also in fairness, I don't know what maybe he was dealing with prior. I don't know if he had a real asshole customer before I was there or, you know what I mean? Like I try to be considerate of a lot of different things and it ended up being for the best because he's mad fucking cool. And I really liked the job that he did. But what I was starting to say was I did not necessarily like that. I was initially kind of told like, oh, well, yeah, colors, you can't do, you're too dark for color. And I mean, oh, so you mean like this? Because the last artist that tried to tell me that I couldn't do color was in Thailand, I want to see, say, and it, I, I didn't need like a full color sleeve. I just wanted color added to the piece that I was getting, you know, I wanted color to be part of the piece that I was getting done. And so when I pointed out how the, the yellow looked in the other ink. It's like, I am fully aware that color is not going to look the same on me as it will look on you. However, I know that color will show on my skin. I am brown. It's not gonna show on every uh, person of color skin because the beauty in blackness and the beauty in color in general, melanin in general, is that it comes in a variety of shades. My shade will absolutely show fucking color. So, I made sure that bitch put fucking color in it. And he did. So I uh, mentioned before, The Wiz is my favorite movie. Shout out to my episode of Travel and Shit that is basically based on characters from The Wiz and how they correlate to different uh, travel experiences that I have had. Um, I will try to link that in the show description as well. Um, But I did an Ease On Down The Road um, themed tattoo where the words ease on down are written out and then it kind of flows into a yellow brick road. And I generally am not generally, but I'm always open to, um, artists input because I trust the professional, right? I trust the artist. If you feel like one thing may work a certain way, or I will listen to like different, um, style changes, font changes, stylistic shit right so initially I was thinking like square bricks and then he was just like oh well what about like a cobblestone like pebbles like rose and I'm just like fuck it let's do it so he stunt he drew it out I saw it I liked it we put it on shout out to all the artists that tried to tell me initially like oh so like the word is going to be different and I'm like yeah uh uh-huh no 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 biggie I get it I see what they were saying now so I have also I think this is probably number I don't know if this is 10 I think I have 10 uh, tattoos on my half sleeve at this point, but um, I totally lost my train of thought there. I see what he was saying in terms of it being the opposite. Oh, so what I was starting to say was I've learned to, um, I always have 
a story going into each one of the like y'all can't even see it like I'm trying to show it on the YouTube but like my computer is kind of in the way let me move this up and see if I can accommodate okay here we go it's a little better so what I was trying to say was I have a story they all have a story they all mean something there's an explanation and all that jazz right however what I've learned to do is incorporate the different ways that the artists or the experience of getting the tattoo, how they, how that plays into the story of the actual piece. And that being said, like, it's a little backwards. It's a little, I see where it could have been different. It kind of looks weird in the mix of it, but you know what? <sighs> the point in the tattoo is to appreciate the journey and not necessarily hold on to the destination. Dorothy was so caught up in getting home that she didn't really realize that she had all the tools that she needed and she was able to help other people find their way home along the way. And that being said, take all the um, input, learn from the experience, but absolutely enjoy the journey. And so while it, I can see how it could go differently and maybe look a different way I am motherfucking pleased with how it turned out and I'm waiting to see how it heals up so it's a good feel I enjoy it also I don't know if my gram will ever <laughs> appreciate it or not because she's not exactly a fan of tattoos but the e and the d are in her handwriting I was very adamant about making sure he corrected and fixed it to make it match. And um, that was a little nod to my grandparents there. So I really, um, I like it. I like it a lot. And it is, it's fucking there now. It's permanent. So that was my tattoo experience. Um, after the tattoo, we ended up going to get drinks. We went to Per Se, Per Che, I don't know how to pronounce that again also in old Montreal. It was on a rooftop. Uh, it was a nice vibe, nice staff. The drinks again were good, but they weren't Leverunga. So had a good time. We enjoyed it. And after per se, per se, we ended up going back to Leverunga because we opted to forego the strip club. And, and we had already told Zoya, we'll be back on Saturday. And sure enough, we pulled up on Saturday just in time to um, possibly be a part of a filming that they had going on. So shout out to everyone over there. And again, shout out to everybody in that kitchen. Like y'all really, really, I could taste the love. Truly, truly enjoyed everything we had. Ooh, let me see if I could, is the menu still up? Ooh, let me tell you what my favorite dish from there was. Let, let's let's put this in English if I can get it. Oh, I don't think it's possible. Ay Dios. Let's go back. Um, oh, yeah. Nope. That was the English part. I'm trying to see. It's a very simple menu. There's one, two, three appetizers to four entrees and two desserts um you know I cannot sorry y'all I can't make out which one of these but it was a fish dish nuts 
nuts. It had like a sunflower seed um, crumble on the top. Y'all, like the absolute best. It was so, so good. Even the leftovers the next morning I had hit. They snapped so hard. It was so good. So damn good. So I, I mean, truly, I cannot speak highly enough about this restaurant. Um, but, um, congratulations. They are being featured in a documentary for Amazon prime Canada. Um, that's all the information I have at this point. So hopefully I will, um, get a link from Zoya, uh, when that becomes live so that we'll be able to see if maybe, and even if we're not in it, like I still would love to support and watch it and share it with you guys. But, um, definitely, definitely, um, look for my little peanut head in there and look for boyfriends, <laughs> bright head in, um, that hopefully I will have a link for you guys. But, um, again, spectacular service, incredible food and drinks, and I'm um, excited that they got to be included in something like that so that more people can be able to enjoy and know about this experience. Um, so after Liverunga, called it a night. There was another long day, a lot of walking. And Sunday, we were headed out. We were planning to leave, but we definitely were going to make a stop at Jean Talon Market. It is an open market, if you will, with a lot of different booths and tables. And some of them are actual kind of storefronts because a lot of them have um, like refrigeration meats, cheeses, plants, flowers, um, honeys, and syrups. And it's just an open market. There are some brick and mortars around the, but and by open, it's also still covered. Like there's a, uh, there's, it's hard to say, like it's open while not necessarily being like a state fair kind of open, if that makes sense. Like it's, there are some encapsulated or like enclosed, um, booths, stands, shops, shops, probably, um, tons of stuff. There is, you can eat. There were a couple of taco spots. There was a bar by one of the taco spots. I opted for coffee. I cannot remember the young lady's name. She was so sweet. Um, he actually ended up buying coffee from the place. So if he has his receipt, I'll see if I can put the name of the spot in the description. However, um, she was so knowledgeable about the coffee that was there because uh, boyfriend's parents are into like whole beans. They like to grind their own beans and they try a bunch of different coffees and stuff like that. So she was really good at giving us suggestions and making sure that we were, you know, picking up the right beans for the type of system like coffee maker that they have. Um, and she suggested a, damn, see my phone did the autocorrect. It was a macchiato. Jesus, come on. Do, 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 do. Macchiato allongé with soy milk. I don't know what that means, 
but it was good. I told her I generally like coffee with, um, I don't do dairy in the coffee. Um, I like to taste it. I like it to taste like coffee, but I also want to taste like milk and sugar, if you will, cream and sugar, nice little flavor. And she hit the nail on the nail on the head. Great recommendation. Really sweet girl. And after that, we went to, well, actually before that, we went to a spot where they had coffee and like bagels, breakfast sandwiches and stuff, but we were waiting on the line and I saw that the staff in the back was not wearing gloves. And so I was just like, I mean, I'm not above eating someplace where they don't wear gloves because quite as it's kept, you can't see what most people preparing your food are doing. And a lot of them probably aren't wearing gloves either. So I was trying not to like be like, ooh, I'm better than this. But I wanted to see what my other fucking options were. So that's when we ended up going to the other coffee shop, but they only had coffee. And I really, really, really wanted to try a bagel in Montreal because before this trip, we had watched an episode of, I want to say The Layover or No Reservations, Anthony Bourdain. And he spoke so highly of the bagels in Montreal. And so I said, well, I'm here, going to make it happen. So I ended up getting a salmon bagel. It was so good. They had like capers, red onions, I want to say spinach, cream cheese. And I want to say it was like either a sesame seed or like an everything bagel, probably a sesame seed. So good. So good. And I went into it with no idea of what I was getting into. I just knew that it was, I love salmon. Um, and I prefer my salmon raw, actually smoked salmon or, um, uh, sashimi sushi. I'm cool with unseared, uncooked salmon. Um, I feel like when you cook salmon, most people tend to dry it out. Um, again, boyfriend does it perfectly. Um, but I'm cool with salmon that's uncooked. So mental note, if you're not, but the shit was mad good. Loved it. And that was really good. We ended up picking up a bunch of meats and fruits. We do a lot of cheese boards. So um, nice little cut up salamis and stuff. And I am still stuck on how good these grapes and straw and not strawberries, because we also did get strawberries. We got like a little box of mixed berries, all relatively well-priced also. Also pro tip, the exchange rate, I can't really tell you. I just know that the American dollar will take you a little bit further. So let's say I took out two, I think I took out 260 from the ATM. And when I looked at what was really charged, like what I took out in like cash from my, um, like the statement, when you go to your app, I want to say it was like 205. So And that did not include the exchange rate, which the bank later put on. And I think it was maybe like $6 or something like that, because that was the most, um, I think I noticed. I could be wrong, but it was like, oh, wow. So yeah, I feel comfortable tipping everybody the same way. Like everything came out less than what I was actually spending. So that was uh, good to know. So We did a lot of meats, a lot of fruits. We got like a nice sized um, little container of, was it raspberries, strawberries, and probably blueberries or something of that mix. But that was like $5. We got like a three pound thing of grapes, $5, y'all. A 
three pound box of grapes was only five freaking dollars. Grapes are so expensive out here, I feel like. I don't know if it's me. I also haven't been to the grocery store in the last time, in a long time, but I feel like the last time I went to the grocery store, they was mad expensive and that's why I didn't get them. But this time, three pounds, five dollars. Very pleased. Um, So the grapes and the, oh, cherries. The cherries are so good. Those were also only $5 for the tray that we got. Loved it. Loved it. So we bought a bunch of meats, uh, fruits. Now I wanted to buy um, a plant or multiple plants. However, I wasn't sure if we were going to have to declare it in customs. Now food, I wasn't too worried about because it was for like personal consumption. It's not like it was anything crazy. Like we could have bought leftovers, right? I wasn't too worried about the food. Um, but for the plants, and I'd asked the young lady, um, she was saying, well, for flowers, I know you probably can't bring it because like you don't want to introduce something that isn't natural to your environment. You don't want to do like that cross kind of thing. So, I mean, you could hide it, but she was just like, mm, I don't know if you want to go through all that. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. Um, so I'm not going to risk it. Um, and I didn't get the plants. She wasn't really sure, but she was cute. She was just like, you're not even the first person that asked me that. So you'd think I'd know this by now. You, I should probably look it up. And I, I ain't hold that against her. It's, you know, most of the people that you are accommodating and servicing are people that live there. So I get how in the moment it's like, damn, I wish I'd have looked that up for you. I would like to have the information, but it is what it is. So I didn't get any plants because I did not want to have to stop or answer a bunch of questions or have them go through all of our shit. I didn't want to hold up the trip back home. Um, so after we left the market, we ended up going to vices and verses. We ended up just picking up, we had a beer and did we get food? I think, Oh, he got poutine. That one wasn't bad, but it was not as good as the poutine from, I want to say it was per set or per se. Uh, it was per sete for brunch. Um, that was the best poutine, but vices and verses bomb beer, great service, really cute vibe, all eighties music. It was really nice. And another, so two things that I wanted to touch on before I close this out, the music, most places, all American artists, from what I can tell, um, like American music was everywhere, all the places. And boyfriend was pointing out that Montreal has a pretty substantial music scene. Um, I didn't know that music. I mean, I enjoy music, but I'm not like a music head. But um, he was saying that Montreal does have a pretty strong music scene. Like a lot of the artists that we fuck with will have a stop in Montreal that I'm aware of. So it was like, okay, this makes sense. Second, I wanted to mention um, the customs experience. I've never driven across a land border. This was my first time and it wasn't a terrible experience. Now on the way in to Canada, that customs agent was, you know, a little harsher. He was just mad dry, ask mad questions. What are you going there for? Um, where are you staying? You, just, you know, the customs questions that they ask. They're not there to be your friend. They're supposed to be tough, whatever. Didn't take long, maybe three minutes and we were on our way. Um, don't forget speed is in kilometers there. I don't know why Americans had to be the only assholes that weren't on the metric system or is that the opposite? Are we on the metric system? Whichever it is. I don't know why we had to be the ones everywhere else in the 
God's loving green earth. But here we are, right? So remember that speed is in kilometers, not miles. And I'm pretty sure that your car is going to show both, just that the miles is likely going to, and this is, of course, if you are in an American car, um, but the be aware of, depending on whatever kind of car you have, just make sure that you are looking at the right numbers in terms of speed. So um, American cars, the metric numbers are the smaller numbers in your speedometer and then, you know, the other system it's metric and what else i don't remember what the other one is metric and american i don't fucking know but pay attention to that and on the way back the customs agent shout out to him his birthday was actually either the week before or the day before and he was mad cool he was just like oh so what'd you guys do it was birthday and then he was just like is it me or do they just get worse every year he was his delivery was funnier than mine i actually love birthdays he was kind of chill I don't even know if he really paid attention to the the passports, but he was just like, all right, have a good day. And it was just like, oh, this was so easy. We were out of there in like 45 seconds. He was really nice. Um, and it was a straight shot home. It rained 80% of the way. And I mean like hard, hard rain, like bad rain. But I think it, it definitely took us a little bit longer to get home because we ended up hitting some of that New York traffic, that Jersey traffic. But it wasn't, no, actually, no, not Jersey traffic. I'm wildin' because it goes from New York to Canada. We ended up driving through um, upstate with no issues, but we got closer to the city and that's when the traffic started to pick up a little bit. But overall, incredible experience. Highly recommend Montreal. Um, and I just wanna finish this out by saying that I hope you guys get to experience it. Um, I won't say the same way because everybody's not going to enjoy the same things, but Montreal is absolutely worth it, especially if you kind of just want to eat and chill. All we did was eat and drink and we could not have been happier. So absolutely, absolutely. If you can get to Montreal, pull up. So don't forget to take the listener survey. You can also go to bit.ly slash TNS listener survey. If you don't want to go to the website, that's the link for the listener survey. And don't forget about the special announcement that I will be mentioning in the um, June episode. But if you would like to know, if you don't want to wait till June and you want to know now, then just sign up for the mailing list. And that link is bit.ly slash TNS mailer. M-A-I-L-E-R, like T-N-S-M-A-I-L-E-R. That's it. I'm happy that you were here with me. I'm like, I talk so much with my hands and you guys that are listening, you're not really picking up on that. So shout out to y'all that ride with me on the YouTubes and see how much I've got going on here. So take care y'all and I'll see you next week. Bye.